0: Welcome to Authorized, a podcast where we usually discuss the novelization of any film fortunate enough to have one. Sometimes, however, we focus in on another aspect of our podcast, that it's a COVID-era creation and is completely dependent on the health of our intertwined long-distance friendships. And so today, we turn to a film that takes on that very idea, how do long-distance friendships maintain and what does it take? Films are half-baked examinations of how people support one another that, unfortunately, reward all of the wrong behaviors and paradoxically fight against growth and change. Like a pair of pants shipped around the globe, these moving pictures technically have continuity but are, in fact, disconnected thoughts awkwardly stitched together, like how pants can be stitched. Films know they have something, some magic buried somewhere but they cannot, with a gun to their head, tell you if that magic is ensemble work or disconnected vignettes. Films try to have their cake, eat it too, and ship it internationally. But when opened upon arrival, the cake is invariably covered in the dirt that caressed some dead lady's bones. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of novelization enthusiasts. My name is Andrew Overby. I'm Andrew Marco.
1: And I'm Hannah Blackman. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2, that has no the in front of it, is a 2008 coming-of-age drama and the sequel to the 2005 film THE Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. What happened to that the, guys? It was directed by Sana Hamri and follows four protagonists from the first film as they embark on another summer and another journey towards learning a lesson about themselves and how they should operate as adults and friends and blah, 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 blah. As Bridget and Lena discover that their growth in the first film has only opened them up to more questions and challenges, Tibby and Carmen face completely new challenges in their personal and professional lives, respectively, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay, sorry, cut that out. I I'm get, the, a, plot.
0: I I summarize get ya, the plot. I summarized the plot well. You
1: did a good job. Yeah, no, I, I take it back. I take back that, I guess. My, You're my,
0: right. my, my goal with the <clears> intros <throat> is to be technically correct, but also so complicated that the v- listener can't understand. Yeah.
1: I guess I was thinking like, well, Tibby's working on her professional life, but it's not really the main thrust of her plot at all. So I apologize to no, you. No, it's not a video Overby, store plot. Guys, stop a, fighting. The infamous Lower East Side Two Boots. I know. Video I, 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 I knew it the second I saw it.
2: That was it's Two crazy. Boots. That's
1: UCB. Yeah, man, that's wild. Just anyway,
0: j- yeah. just so that the the listener appreciates the craftsmanship here. Tibby and Carmen face completely new challenges in their personal and professional lives, respectively. It holds up.
1: It does. Okay, it does. I already acknowledged that. I already apologize. Great. Jesus Christ. As these four go on their separate journeys, how will they be able to grow and change while still being there for one another? And will a cheetah girl show up at any point? What a crossover. What a crossover.
0: Wanted more of her.
1: I don't even remember who's in it. It's what's her name,
2: the one who was with the Kardashian. Oh, (gasps) she's in the video store. I knew she looked familiar. Yes. Oh
1: my god. Yeah, but she was with like
2: what looked like Logan Paul. Yes. Holy
1: shit! Ah, the sisterhood of the traveling pants two novelization will, without doubt, this is a promise, be (laughs) written by Andrew Overby in twenty thirty eight. It will be self-published and poorly self-published at that. Hard to find, not well formatted.
0: Yeah, a hundred and thirty dollars on thrift books, and also <laughs> every review on Amazon is like adds nothing to the film. Why was this written? The number of novelizations, not an episode about novelizations, but we've been known to read a novelization from time to time, and the number of novelizations online that are like. $90, and then you look at it, it's like Grease 2, and and the reviews are, truly adds nothing, the author doesn't understand these characters, but there's only two of these ever printed, so, you know, fork <laughs> it over. Who is Sana Hamri? Sana Hamri is a director most well-known for her prolific music video output, most famously the Nicki Minaj Super Bass music video. Hamry was born in Tangier, Morocco, to a painter, author, and a teacher. Two of these professions were held by
2: one parent, but I'll never tell which. Yeah, I was going to say, the way you made it sound, <laughs> is this a thruple of parents? What are we talking about here? Two of them were a painter,
0: an author, and a teacher. Now, that doesn't mean that two of them were all three.
2: Is this an SAT
0: question? <laughs> this is like, the you know. This B- is a
1: game I downloaded onto my phone and then deleted.
0: Be like a flat earther. Do your own research. Okay. Um, Hamry's parents cavorted in creative circles in Morocco that had them all buddy-buddy with many famous expats, such as William Burroughs, Timothy Leary, and Tennessee Williams.
1: Ooh la la.
0: Ooh la la. A kindred spirit, uh, if I was doing the prequel movie, I'd have... Uh, Sana Hamri's parents Hanging out with Tennessee Williams And they'd just awkwardly say some phrase that ended in It was sort of like a glass menagerie (laughs) And then he'd look look up a little bit
2: Okay (laughs) She's not that old
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, the parents Whatever
2: Yeah, but uh. Maybe they were lying about it I mean, this is (laughs) Wikipedia-level research He did live to like 1980 And then choke on a bottle cap So, you know, that is how he died
0: I do like the idea though that you're trying to you're trying to talk yourself up and you're like, yeah, I used to hang out with Tennessee Leary. Tennessee Leary, fuck. I used to hang out with Timothy Leary, Tennessee Williams, Augustus Caesar. <laughs> Just like jumping around. Caesar All right. Augustus. Yeah, that guy. Um, okay. A kindred spirit to Andrews from Marco to Overby. Hamry was a faculty kid at the school where her mother taught, and then later attended. The school was not gender-balanced in any intentional way, and so Hamry came to be the only female student on her soccer team and, later, the only female student in her graduating class. Hamry moved to the United States in 1992 after receiving a scholarship in the performing arts from Sarah Lawrence. Upon graduation, she moved to New York City and pursued an acting career briefly before pivoting into video production and editing. When a cinematographer noticed and appreciated Hamry's talents, she found herself in touch with Mariah Carey, for whom she would direct the music video Cry Baby. Hamry would go on to direct music videos for Kelly Rowland, Prince, Lenny Kravitz, Sting, Jay-Z, and Christina Aguilera. Her debut motion picture, Something New, was a romantic comedy starring Sana Lathan. It was well-reviewed, but little seen. Nevertheless, it landed her the gig of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. She would go on to direct the Queen Latifah film Just Right, and a notable collection of Empire episodes very recently. Okay, so that's her. Sisterhood 2. How are we feeling about it, everybody? Bad. Bad.
2: Yeah, I watched the movie and saw that skeleton lady in the crypt, and I said, I'd rather be in her position.
1: Um, friend of me and friend of the podcast, Leah Thomas, reviewed this on letterbox as (laughs) anti-feminist and i get it i think she's right
0: okay what what's the argument for that i feel like i'm maybe a dumb dumb
1: i'm not sure i can articulate it super well but it does just kind of feel like this movie hates women thinks they're over emotional think they don't support each other that none of these girls have like good friendships with each other or relationships with any other women in their lives um and it's just like i don't know it just feels like uh, anti-woman somehow
0: (laughs) i think there's an interesting thing going on in this movie where like once again the scope of everything is way out of whack and because it's a second film not only do we now have like i'm dealing with my mother the memory of my mother my deceased mother is haunting me which is heavy stuff in tandem with uh my friend is being kind of jealous As a plot line, uh, which is a disconnect that existed in the first film, like Tibby in the first film was like, this child I know is dying. And Lena was like, should I date a boy? Uh, Lena's the worst. Lena's the worst. I hate Lena. But another type of like disconnect that's happening in the second film is that some of the plots are very dependent on the plots from the first film, and some of the plots seem to just get completely jettisoned.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Lena's entire story is basically predicated on the romance from the first movie, whereas you have Tibby just being like, Bailey who? I work in a video <laughs> store. She they visits, visits her, her, grave. her grave.
1: Okay, they do visit and her And she's dating the boy that she met with Bailey. So oh, he
2: looks completely different in this movie and is That was shredded. a different actor, right? Yeah. Oh, it is? And
1: Carmen's so.
0: dad was recast, too, because it's not... Um, Who was it last time? Well, that's a stepdad.
2: That's the stepdad. That's the Bradley Whitford is the dad, dad. Oh, this is a, a stepdad. Honestly, I don't, I, the only person I knew who came back was Blake Lively's dad. Uh, but I was watching this movie so passively that you could have told me that all of the lead actors had been recast and I would have believed you.
1: I think Carmen's mother is a returning actor. Kostas is a returning actor. Oh, Costas. Oh, I think.
2: Yeah. Can't recast. I Kostas. think
1: Brian. The, the grandma was
2: uh, the same. I think. In n- Greece.
1: Sure. No, Brian is the same actor.
2: Whew. Racism. But averted.
1: he grew up, man.
2: Yeah, he was shredded.
0: One of the other bits of continuity is that there's an extra in the first movie, a woman who she is the bones in this one. <laughs>
2: Like in a costume, or was she murdered?
0: No, she just she was like, "I love the sisterhood books." She like put in her will, like write my bones into the next one, and they were like, "I guess we have to make a subplot very (laughs) bonesy."
2: Okay, who should we start with? Let's let's do the Vermont theater plot first. Let's get (laughs) well. Let's also just to that 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 in two seconds. Let's talk about these terrible colleges that all these girls go to: Brown. (laughs) Yale, NYU, RISD. Ugh.
1: How does Lena get into RISD? There's a shot of her drawing and it's so bad. Yeah, every time they She show is a up bad artist. Drawing,
2: I feel like the the teacher's going to be like, maybe you need a different class. <laughs> but when you even see her handwriting, it looks like a child. So she's sort of at like that 12-year-old level.
1: I mean, Alexis Bledel, everything she's doing is like, I'm a baby. Her like baby ge- bit, like killed me in this movie it turned me off so hard i was like i can't stand you if this is how you're gonna behave well <laughs> like they're cooking dinner her and her like very hot new boyfriend and she's like there's so many colors and i'm like you're a baby <laughs> <laughs> it, like offended me as an adult <laughs> if you know, it
2: smells good will it taste <laughs> <laughs> we, okay maybe can we, we have both her? Here's a question I, I have. Cause I
1: mean, she has the lowest stakes. I, so. I don't
2: remember this from the first movie. Do she and Costas have sex in the first movie? Um, maybe implicitly.
1: I'm not sure that they do.
2: Because when she sees, what's his name? The nude model boy. Naked for the first time. It's as if she's never seen.
1: A any, male body, the period. The male body, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, she yells, get it off you. <laughs> <laughs> pulls it and rolls up newspaper out. Um here's a thing I'll just say about the Lena plot before we jump in, which is I watched this film. I wasn't on my phone. I was like watching the film. I'm so sorry. And I don't know what happened to the boyfriend.
1: No. She just goes to Greece. She just leaves him. He's behind. just gone? They don't like break up or anything. I thought I, I must
0: have missed it.
1: Well, if you missed it, I missed it because I also remember thinking, "Wait a second, did you break up with your RISD boyfriend?"
2: I feel like I was a much
1: better painter than you. The
2: Wikipedia of this, and I feel like they gave it more credit and said that she decides they're incompatible.
1: Yeah, because she's a baby and he's cool.
2: Okay, the, I I think <laughs> I might have to stick up for
0: Lena a little bit here. So her <laughs> plot, which is threadbare. I mean, she truly disappears for. Th- 30 minutes in the middle of the movie. To the point she's where she's getting I started, a pregnancy like, test, Andrew. I started <laughs> counting the characters at one point in the movie and being like, did all four come back? It feels like I can't put it, my finger on who's missing, but it feels like this movie's about three characters. And then Alexis, my my the love of my life, she comes back and I was like, well, you know, what I was like, oh yeah, that's right. We just haven't seen her plot in 45 minutes.
2: Is that genuine or are you actually a Rory Gilmore stan?
0: No, I don't I don't really feel either way about her. I mean, I I think I I, I definitely find her annoying in these films. And she gets like the worst Mad Men plot. So most of the stuff I've seen, I'm not into.
2: Yeah, I don't think you I mean, this isn't that far off from Rory Gilmore, so I an unbearable
1: good. character who gets worse and worse over time.
2: Hannah, did you grow a tail? I just saw a tail coming out of no, your it's back.
1: it's my little cat is like Iluin. Come say hi. Ooh. Lazy, you want to come over
0: to My, uh,
1: He's just going to be kind of in and out for a little bit, I think.
0: My ex-girlfriend was watching all of Gilmore Girls, and sometime during, like, season five, she said to me, I'm still watching it, but I don't think I
2: enjoy it at all. No, that's when it takes a turn, and you're like, oh, these characters are just kind of shitty people. They're not right. charming Connecticut people anymore, like us. It's
0: like, it's like famously the... One of the one of the top, I hate the main character of the show I like shows, right?
1: I mean, I like Lorelei, but Rory is truly just the worst person I've ever met on television. Just a heinous, entitled monster.
0: Well, good thing that Bladell has range because Lena. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, His the name's Lena, Lena. <laughs> T.Here's
1: a part in this movie where she's like, "I'll just go to Greece and find the jeans." I'm like,
0: "Oh, you're just get on a plane to Greece, huh?" It was interesting that this movie was structured like Back to the Future too. Where there were all these new elements and new plots. And then in the third act, they were like, what if we went back to the end of the first movie? (laughs) And because there's like literally other the the other sisters go back with her. There's also an element of like we're watching the characters from the first movie.
1: Right. Right. Like with the other three girls.
0: standing around basically watching sisterhood one being like oh she loves a greek
2: boy yeah it's so strange though so is her is lucy hale in the first Sisterhood of the traveling pants no i have no recollection of that character because it's it's weird even in the greece segment when i guess she just didn't have her visa or something because lucy hale do we ever actually see her in greece or people are just being like, she's in Greece. She's um, in Athens. When
1: she loses the pants, she yeah. calls as she if calls. she's from Greece. She might be standing in a California back lot, but she is supposed to be in Greece. I don't think you ever see her like against the backdrop of the town. Maybe she is banned from Greece. Maybe she committed a terrible crime.
2: She was. I, I don't know. I didn't watch Pretty Little Liars. Did she kill someone on that show? I don't know. Andrew, you were a fan, right?
0: No, that's one of the shows that, like, uh, it, it, people who have watched it, I think it, it's, like, fallen out of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could you could pull any person and go describe a plot from Pretty Little Liars, and they'd be able to do that, even if they had viewed the show. Anyway, I, I want to challenge us. I want to put this out of there. Tell me about the Lena plot, because I think it is the leanest... And I think there's almost nothing. I mean, is there anything we've said that hasn't been in... Or is there anything we haven't said yet about Lena? Um, she, goes she, goes to, she goes to Greece to for her school, grandfather's
2: funeral. She, she falls for the new Well, she broke up with her boyfriend. And right. then when she sees him again at her grandfather's funeral, you find out that he is married and the wife is expecting. I don't know how much time has
1: passed. Why did they break up? Distance? She says something at
0: the end of the movie, and I'm trying to remember what it was. It's something like, I broke up with you because I was scared, or I was scared of making it work long distance, I think is the implication.
1: Yeah, she breaks up with Costa, she goes to RISD, she meets another guy, they have a hot and heavy something or other, Costa shows up and is like, just kidding, marriage not real, I love you. And she's like, ah, no, but really, yes. And then she goes back to Greece to find the pants with her dumb sister lost on a clothesline or some crazy bullshit. And Kostas is there and her friends are like, you should date him. You're in love with him. And she's like, you're right. I am in love with him. I forgive him everything. He broke my heart, but it's fine because we're soulmates. And then they fuck on a boat while they're both wearing white? (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) She shows up in a white dress and I was like, oh, it's a symbol. It's disgusting. Is that all? That's it, right? That's the plot.
0: I I understand that she dumped him, but his, his move of showing back up and being like, I annulled the marriage, I was only going to marry her because I thought I impregnated her, I want to be in love with you, not the sexiest move I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's some messy behavior. Mm-hmm
1: hmm. And he did definitely fuck that other lady a bunch. It's not like he was like, oh, the only woman for me is Lena. I'll never love again. He was like, yeah, fine. I'll date around. Right. I mean, but she
0: did dump him. So maybe that part's under. He's allowed
1: to. I'm not saying he's not allowed to. Right. But um, for him to show up and be like, you're the only lady for me. Don't mind the fact that I was fucking my way through Greece. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like how the law allows you to do stuff like that, but you'll be judged by the Heavenly Father. Um, exactly. I mean, anyway, if- Lena
1: was like, I am but a chaste virgin, I've never seen a human penis. <laughs> well, she they has have different now. lives. She has now. <laughs> yeah,
0: she went from zero to presumably two in a <laughs> very short amount of
2: time. Yeah, all the scenes of him make me really uncomfortable when he's like the, the boyfriend in America who's the model, when they'll like meet up after class and he's like i'm so horny for you and i'm like weren't you just nude modeling dude i don't want to know yeah why. and what
1: is she doing that gets you so horned up besides being very uncomfortable about your body it's not like she's like you know while she's drawing yeah, it's not she's the not, Titanic not like- scene.
2: she's drawing a <laughs> bad drawing from like the wrong <laughs> angle she's it, it seems like all she ever draws is like his head and his shoulders she can't and not no
0: do you ever ju- judge people based on the the type of personality they're attracted to yeah like in a case like this i'm not gonna cite specifics but i've definitely known people who are like like men who are always attracted to the like i'm so small i'm so fragile i'm essentially a baby type of person and it's, she's a porcelain doll i don't really blame those people who you know, are like that for whatever reason. That's who they truly are. But if that's your pattern, it feels quite sinister as like a proclivity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a... This is too much information, but I had a guy friend in college who would be basically be like, if I'm dating a girl and we have sex and her pubic area is fully shaved, uh, I cannot date her. It is a weird... Infantilization that society does on women, and I won't encourage it. And it feels gross to me. I think he was a good guy, but it was just a thing. It was like I don't need to know that about you, <laughs> but I think about it all the time. I even think that impulse might be good, but to vocalize it is
0: very strange. Yeah. he
1: was a weird guy in many ways. I mean, he's alive; he's not dead. But... <laughs> he just got uh, a time together better. as college roommates <laughs> was an, an interesting, weird, weird time. He read a lot of books about like non-monogamy, and I was just like, "What are you trying to do here, man?" Anyway,
0: <laughs> anyway, so the Lena plot it, it, it speaks to something that I think is very strange about this movie in particular, which is the movie doesn't know how much to interlock the various plots. It doesn't know who should cross over. It doesn't know if it's four stories told in parallel or whether they're all in each other's stories. So this thing with Lucy Hale, in which Lena has a younger sister who wants to date what's his name Brian, uh, which after, I get it. after Tibby yeah. dumps him or basically ghosts him. Uh, it's just
2: so confusing because I would say that he breaks up with her.
0: W- oh, we can't talk about they Tibby they break yet. up. We'll we'll okay. talk about Tibby. Tibby I think is going to have the most meat on the book. Oh my God, be. But the the thing with Lena and and Effie, uh, Lucy Hale, is like it just isn't clear. Is 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 Lena supposed to have a plot where she goes, "You really can't be doing this. This is like affecting my friendship." She gets one moment. She gets one moment to say that, but it's it's nothing. The plot just kind of evaporates. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's wild also because Effie comes back at her with, like, a pretty reasonable, like, I'm not part of your friend group. I'm not Tibby's friend. Right. I can date her exes. But she also says
2: that, like, you always choose them over me. And were she an actress from the first movie and we had seen her sort of ostracized throughout two movies, that would feel like a scene. (laughs) But when it's Lucy Hale and Alexis Bledel just being porcelain dolls at each other, it doesn't do as much.
0: They have yeah. to George Lucas a scene into Sisterhood 1 where they're all like, oh, the pants. They bring us all together. I love our friendship. I love it so much. And then Lucy Hale comes in and they're like, get out, get out. We hate you.
1: And then she <laughs> says Tibby, McClunky. Tibby genuinely has like two siblings who we never see in this movie. Right. Isn't a major part of Tibby's plot that she's like babysitting a baby who is her sister? Right.
2: That her mom has like many kids younger than her
1: yeah oh sorry
0: hannah just threw a cat off screen i I mean just hurled it
1: he kicked me in the face
2: yeah tibby's family does not exist anymore which is interesting to me because in the first movie the setup of their entire friendship is that all their moms were friends Mm -hmm. so there are many moments including when someone goes into labor later in this movie where i'm like where is your adult female friend who could deal with this why do yeah, you that's no psycho.
1: T- oh, I can't wait to talk about that because it's insane. And if I was that, if I was Carmen's mom, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing here? I
0: have a confession to make, which is I, I was watching the film. I was focused on the film. I still somehow thought for a good part of the runtime that the plot was that Tibby's younger sister Effie was trying to fuck her ex-boyfriend.
1: <laughs> just because she <laughs> hadn't
0: been in the last movie, I was I just thought this could be anyone's sister-
1: I mean that would be a genuinely not cool thing to do, right? I think Effie being Lena's sister, it's still like a little goofy, but not. No, it
0: mur- it like murkies a problem. it in a good way where it makes it seem you could see why you would feel okay doing that as Effie, right? Mm-hmm. And also it adds a little bit of tension because it it, it introduces that element of the way you're acting might affect my friendships negatively, which is a a pretty real thing when you're younger with siblings.
1: I also don't... Does Effie only want to date him because she's mad at Tibby? Because what do they talk about? What do Effie and Brian have in common?
2: Maybe she's a gamer.
1: You think? Do you really think so?
2: Lucy Hale strikes me as someone who had a PSP in 2008. (laughs)
0: Lucy Hale in this movie is playing a character that I believe dates people in a very shallow way i could definitely see her just like seeing brian and being like cute boy i'm gonna try it out see where it goes uh that being said the movie probably would have been better if there was a scene between them where we saw any connection or any chemistry you could have gotten me to believe in it i pressed play on sisterhood of the traveling pants too i'm like i'm gullible i'm malleable but they, (laughs) they we never even see them alone so just a plot contrivance. Should we jump from Lena to Tibby? Because, of course, their plots intersect in this, I would say, effable way.
2: <laughs> well, here's a question I have as we get into Tibby's plot Where yeah. do the sisterhood live when they're not adventuring?
1: Maryland?
2: Because I, for some reason, I thought. So, what? Lena's at Rizdie all summer.
0: uh uh-huh. hmm.
2: Is that correct? And Tibby's in New York City because she keeps visiting her and then being like, I got to go home for dinner or something. But that's like a four hour drive.
1: Yeah. It's doable if your friend was like, I'm not okay. I really need you. But then you wouldn't leave them mid-dinner. Yeah, well, these friends are not good friends to each other and that's simply that. (laughs) So (laughs) They don't even eat and she's like, I got to go.
2: Tibby's plot in this one is that she's at NYU, she failed her screenwriting class because she wrote a romantic comedy where people break up, which I guess that teacher's never seen a lot of romantic comedies. Um, (laughs) And so she's in summer school. She and Brian on their 10-month anniversary have sex, but in classic movie and television fashion, he's using an ancient condom. That's always the thing in everything is it always breaks because he's had the same condom for 45 years. And It's only
0: two years old. It would probably have worked. I'm not saying that I break out two-year-old condoms.
1: Maybe they were so vigorous that it broke.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. There is too much
2: passion. That's true. So when Brian goes to the bathroom and Tibby is talking to him, I assumed he had died. He's so. Quiet. Oh, that was crazy. So, okay. So I thought our, he had like an aneurysm. Was on the floor. Our
0: or Tibby Brian plot. Our Tibby Bryan plot is that they are very happy with each other after the events of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants Origins or whatever. And they're they they're First very class. lovey. They're like the whole movie's uh, like feel is look at how good they are for each other. They're so affectionate. Blah blah blah. You're right, Marco. The moment he goes in... So they have sex for the first time. Brian goes into the bathroom. Then Tivy's like, Brian, casual comment about something funny. And Brian doesn't respond. She's like, I said casual comment about something funny. And he doesn't <laughs> respond. And I'm like, I'm thinking the same thing as you. He has committed suicide.
1: He has... I thought he had just left. He had totally ditched her.
0: I thought at, at my oldest... He was going to come back out and be like, I just, I just feel way different now that we've had sex. I thought that (laughs) was the mildest, least dramatic thing that was going to happen. But wouldn't you believe they found a level of drama below that?
1: (laughs) It's almost offensive for a movie in 2008 to pull this and then handle it the way that they do.
0: For, For the listener, if you haven't watched this movie, Brian tells her that the condom has broken... And this is an anchor upon the relationship. This is what I'm so confused about. It's well, she's
1: immediately like, "I guess I'm pregnant. What am I supposed to do about that?" Which, like, no, girl, you're not. You're not. And he's like,
2: "We'll figure it out." And she's like, "No."
1: Yeah, at no point.
0: (sighs) Go ahead, Andrew. I was just gonna say it's such a wacko plot that I don't understand. That it almost makes me think: is it deeply profound or something? Is that why I don't get it?
1: It's deeply conservative is what it is what what? they have premarital sex the first time Mm -hmm. she thinks she's pregnant she is so scared that she's gonna have to be a mother and have a family and be committed to this guy forever that she tanks her relationship and he says to her like we'll make it work we'll get married i'll move here and she's like yikes no thank you um and then she basically, I mean, luckily gets her period and then comes around. I'm like, well, maybe that wouldn't be so bad. There's never a question of like, I should, I don't know that I'm pregnant. This is actually not that big a deal. It happens to people all the fucking time. Or if I am, I'll just get an abortion. Never comes up. I mean, great point. It's just it's- expected this to be an abortion plot. It's a, it's a, straight on, up not. It's
0: it's it, it, It's like assumed helplessness. Whatever has happened, I am now victim to is kind of the the vibe. The the thing I don't understand is what is what is the emotional impetus for these two people to essentially just fall apart as fallout from the broken condom? Because they just stop talking and then they're essentially broken up. And but like what, even if it's bad storytelling, I still don't get it. What happened between them?
1: Tibby's mad at him.
0: About the two-year-old and, condom.
1: Right. And stressed out about the possible implications. And I don't know. I think... I expected this to be a plot where she's like, oh, we've had sex and now I feel really different. Which it's happens. Like the
2: first movie.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, but no. No, I, I think she just... I mean, at the end of the movie, he's like, not everyone who loves you is going to leave you, and you should probably believe that. But I don't feel like that's why she pushes him away. That doesn't feel like the resolution of their story. Like, I agree that it's unclear. But doesn't she always
2: push people away, sort of? Like, she doesn't want to deal with the hard stuff?
0: Yeah, Bailey didn't actually die. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey was like, I got to get out of here. What's Occam's razor? What's the best way to get rid of Tibby?
2: She does abandon Bailey for a little bit before she goes to her in the first Mm one. Good point.
1: So we're just rehashing the same emotional growth? I mean, well,
2: what I I don't get here is because these books, this is based off the fourth book with elements of the second and third. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this is a thing where if this happened three books later or three movies later, it would not feel as rehashy if they just adapted the books fully or something.
0: I don't think it's the same arc as the first movie, because it doesn't feel like the beginning of this arc and the end of this arc square with each other, as we're kind of discussing. If she's worried she's pregnant, the potential dramatic tension is, I don't know if I want to be a mother. I don't know if I want to be a mother with you as my partner. I don't like the way you're handling the possibility that I'm pregnant. Stuff like that. And then her resolution is, as we said, not everyone who loves you is going to leave you. How how did we get from point A to point B? Because it, I'm kind of just rewording what Hannah said, but the conclusion does not seem to describe the beginning, mm-hmm. the, the setup at all. It, it feels like she's like, you know, I'm worried that I'm pregnant. And then the resolution to her plot is like, I actually can do the rope from gym class.
1: Yeah, I feel like the resolution to I'm worried that I'm pregnant is a totally different plot where he freaks out and is like, whoa, I don't want anything to do with that. And then he comes back around, which doesn't happen at all. He's great about it, honestly. Um, It feels like it should be that she's like, oh, great. Like, no matter what I do, people leave me. I'll never have anyone... I can't be a mother because I can't. I'll just do it too. It's a lose, lose, lose. And then he has to prove to her that like, that's not the case. And I love you and I'm not going anywhere. And she has to accept that he means it. And that she is not some sort of like toxic person who pushes people away. (laughs) But that's not what the movie is doing at all. It feels completely
0: pasted together. It's like, it's two completely different things. And it's a plot that uses Lucy Hale in a way that does nothing for anyone. She she's basically there to play the villain of she is stealing this guy away, a guy who wanted to be with Tibby and Tibby got weird on him. And then it's it's almost worse for the fact that they give her that moment of humanization where she's talking to Lena and saying, I, you know, I wasn't in your friend group. These rules don't apply to me because then I need another Lucy Hale scene.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's also this scene where Lucy Hale says, like, I can't believe he's going back to Tibby. Tibby doesn't love him. And Lena has to explain to her, like, that's not all that it is to be with someone, is that, like, sometimes you freak out and you have to work through it. That doesn't mean that you don't love each other, you child. Right. Which is also a level of, like, humanization for Effie that is just like, why is this here? Too many characters.
0: Too many characters. We did not need a fifth person in this story, Mm -hmm. like a a fifth sort of tangential sister.
1: Plus there's like the woman in Bridget's plot. There's the friend in Carmen's plot. There's just like a lot of like gunk clogging up the works. Am
0: I forgetting? Does, does Tibby cross pollinate any of the other plots? Yes, she goes, she to, goes visit up to Carmen. Vermont. She goes to visit Carmen.
1: And Carmen is, I think pretty rude to her. I mean, Tibby's not being honest about what's upsetting, but, like, your friend just broke up with a long-term boyfriend. Maybe you should carve a little time out of your day.
2: She's working on her her iambic pentameter.
0: <laughs> Hannah, what if this plot is good? Because there is something to be said for depicting when you have a close friend and you they are saying they need support and you're just listening to them being like, you're so obviously the bullshitter in this situation, and the person who has done wrong, and I just kind of have to sit here and be like, you're so right, wow, and then eventually, wh- uh, yeah, I've had friendships like this all too often, honestly, which is like, where somebody comes to you, it, it, like, they're in a bad relationship, right, and they come to you, and they're like, what do I do, what do I do, and you give them very measured advice the first 26 times and then the 27th time it happens you're like i kind of just have to start being quiet they're not taking my advice they're not like listening to me now this is a lot less severe than that but i was kind of on carmen's side i was like what do you say to tibby who essentially broke up with her boyfriend didn't even have the have the gumption to break up with him just totally ghosted him because their condom broke
1: i mean carmen also doesn't know that there's a pregnancy scare, right? right? Alexis Baudel so, is
2: emailing everyone, but apparently no one checks, their, checks email. their
1: emails. I mean, lame text message. Come on, girl. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know why she
2: wouldn't call any of her friends to be like, Hey, yeah. did Tibby talk to you about the pregnancy scare?
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, Andrew, that I think that there is a good plot in there of like, what if your friend is just like fucking annoying and you can't handle it anymore that like, you can't give them the same advice again and again and again and have them not take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally, and in the, like, in the first movie where Carmen's plot, she, like, genuinely needs active support and her friends are just, like, going off about dumbass bullshit. Mm -hmm. I'm totally on Carmen's side. Here, I was like, you could at least, like, look at her and listen to her and maybe try and see what's happening with her instead of totally blowing her off.
0: Right. Definitely. I mean, the difference between the example I gave and what actually happens is that this is the first time she's talking to her about the issue, it seems.
1: Yeah, and like, Tibby's having boy problems. Sure. Carmen's also having boy problems. So like, it's not like Carmen's like, my problems are real and your problems are stupid. Because they're going through the exact same problem. Right. Except Carmen's is actually lower stakes.
2: Right. <laughs> and Carmen is the only one who didn't have a boy problem in the first movie.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: I don't think she has any sort of love interest in the first one.
1: that's right
0: yeah she's busy with dad stuff
1: there's a hint of like her new stepbrother like maybe they like each other but But he barely can
2: speak i don't even know if he can like muster a sentence fair point fair point earlier in the episode when i called
0: bradley whitford hank azaria (laughs) do you guys ever make that mistake i feel like i do that all the time
1: with those specific guys those specific
2: two men Maybe before I really knew the depth of Bradley Whitford's career when I only knew him from like Billy Madison, I may have made that mistake. I just feel like they have completely different tones of voice, even if their faces are slightly similar.
1: I think they're very different human men.
0: Hmm. Hmm. One time a a friend of mine who will not be named uh, said to me, uh, and he's like, he, he, he meant to be like look, I know this sounds racist, but these two men legitimately look alike, which I think is an okay sentiment. If you're like, look, mm-hmm. I get that, like... But he he basically was like, I know this sounds racist, but I, you have to admit that Barack Obama... And, and then he said someone so unlike Barack Obama. I was like, you might be racist. He was like, you... Yeah, I know it sounds racist, but I mean, some people just really do look like Barack Obama and Wesley Snipes. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: See, like very recently, I feel like I was like, oh, Isa Gonzalez and adria arjona i think have the same face and i, I often mix them up with each other mm-hmm. is that racist so who I is like who is that no, second person same face
2: who is who are both those people
1: so isa gonzalez our good buddy from bloodshot our adria arjona who is in morbius who i was sure was isa gonzalez and i think is also the ambulance girl no
0: ambulance? no that's, that's...
1: is that isa that's isa Oh, my God. Jesus See, this is a ambulance. fucking problem. Ah, uh, I'm looking is crazy. at photos of
0: of Audria and I, I have to say that while I think it's understandable, I don't think I would have made the mistake, but I'm coming okay. at it differently than you are. Like, I didn't have the chance yeah. to make it, so.
1: Thanks. But, like, I don't know. I feel bad because I'm constantly getting it wrong. I'm constantly like, oh, Adria Arjona from nbc's wizard of oz show that was so weird everyone's like yeah that's her and i'm like oh yeah adria arjona from ambulance and they're like nope Mm -mm."
0: (laughs) to do one i just like can't (laughs) to do one with white people i uh i recently (laughs) did just show my girlfriend and and for me of course it was a rewatch the entirety of andy daly's review and um (laughs) i i the 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 woman that plays aj on review must be Not so happy about the fact that Meredith Hagner has like a very robust career and they like have very similar faces and demeanors and are kind of
1: can't picture either of these people. Well,
0: they look alike. Anyway, listeners sound off.
1: (laughs) Did anyone confuse
2: a Yale School of Drama Girl with like 18 other actresses throughout this movie?
1: She's just like a blonde woman. She She looks like everybody.
0: I confused her with like people from my life, Marco. I was like, (laughs) didn't I grow up with the woman who's trying to steal Carmen's boyfriend? How do we feel about that as a low stakes plot? Let's talk about
1: Carmen. I, I like Carmen's plot. I don't like that Julie is trying to sabotage her. Like, for a while, I was like, oh, this is just about Carmen's insecurities. That's a nice plot. And Julie is genuinely trying to support her and help her. And then the movie's like, nope, she's a bitch. And I was like, come on. Like, can't we sometimes have women who are good outside of this friend group? Like, what is going on here?
0: It, that didn't ping me, but I, I I I get what you're saying. I I guess for me, because the series... The whole idea for the series is that four women support one another. I wasn't bothered by by a rivalry between some women in this movie.
1: It just doesn't feel like a rivalry. Like, I think if from the moment that Carmen gets cast in the play, if, her, if this girl she thought was her friend is like, how could you do that to me? We're not friends anymore. Then the rest of the plot falls into place for me. But instead, Julie is like, I guess faking it. And just be like, that's great. I'll help you run lines. I'm so happy for you. This is so exciting. This is a learning experience for all of us. And then maybe misinterprets a date or goes on a genuine date with that guy. Um, But then the movie is like, no, no. She lied to upset Carmen so that she would throw her off her footing, went behind her back to the director to say she wasn't ready to do it and couldn't do it. Actively tried to steal the boy, actively tried to sabotage her performance. And I was like, well, that's, there's no need for that level of cruelty mm-hmm. from a person who's been nice. The rest of the plot. Like, I don't understand why she has to be so like connivingly evil.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I'm convinced. The more in- interesting stuff in that plot line was the stuff with like the uncredited Kyle McLaughlin as the director and Nigel yeah. that British actor who like have a facade at first. You're like, Oh, we're not going to like these people. But then have some genuine moments of support throughout their plot lines. Like I mm-hmm. like that that actor playing Nigel, who at first you think is just going to be an, a jerk to her, is feeding her lines when she needs them. And I thought that was very sweet and interesting. And
1: yeah, I like it much better as a self-esteem plot than a like let's, than a bad girlfriend plot. Yeah.
2: Though you cannot tell me that in 2008 in Vermont they would be doing such a archaic boring production of the winter's tale that would be set on outer space or something
0: in no in 2008 marco it would be it would be we're doing a winter's tale but it's the 70s that that fucking <laughs> era where it was yep. like what if shakespeare but bell bottoms got i mean kill oh, yeah. me I, my college did that i hate remembering it i'm like i know it ended but i'm i hate that it's in my brain
1: <laughs> i mean i agree back. I also am like, I. this is no offense to America Ferreira. I don't think she's that good that she would blow away the people in this play. No. And they're all like, you're a genius. You're but a natural. She's better at
2: the pros than any of the other sisterhood girls probably would be, except maybe Amber Tamblyn.
1: Yeah, that may be true. She's also I acting guess... with
2: a British person.
1: I don't think her acting in the Shakespeare is good and maybe it's the direction of the production where it's like a lot of like we're standing around and I'm like can you put some movement in this um I don't know I was not impressed I did gasp aloud when Kyle McLaughlin showed up me too
2: I was like no way character in Twin Peaks The Return (laughs) he looks like the bad version of Dale Cooper with that long long hair (laughs) that's a great point Hannah that it's something I didn't think about
0: at all watching the film, which is that everything we see of rehearsal and everything we see of the play is completely devoid of blocking. There's yeah. <laughs> just like, to act is to stand facing directly at one another and deliver lines.
2: I think the biggest issue with her prose, though, is that from her first audition to her bad dress rehearsal, to her good rehearsals, to the show, there's not enough difference. I think if she was just sort of, like, awkward but compelling in the audition and then had a bombed address dress rehearsal. She just forgets her lines. It's not that she's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene where Kyle McLaughlin keeps asking her to do the scene again. It's like, it's like you're having a root canal. It's like, it basically seems the same as she always says. The oh, lines. and let's stop yeah. perpetrating this
0: the fallacy. I, I'm getting mad at a movie from 2008. I'm like, let's stop this. It probably did stop. But l- this whole thing where, like, You can't give a good performance if you are having some sort of grievance with the person you're acting with. It's called acting. I mean, like, (laughs) I've been in relationships with people I've acted opposite, and it's a different thing. I'm not, like, using my emotional attachment to them to, like, imitate love on stage. It's like acting puts you in a different headspace, in my experience. So... I, I just don't love the trope of, like, they broke up or somebody cheated and now their performances
2: are awful.
1: Yeah, I don't like that either.
2: I don't feel like I've seen theater in a movie in a long time, though. Not since Birdman.
1: I miss theater in the movies. It's so funny. I did like that Kyle McLaughlin does not direct her. He's just like, that's bad. Do it again. Like the best direction I ever got was from a director who was like, did you hear yourself? Terrible. Try again. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> like that really
0: helped but me. But counterpoint Hannah, <laughs> th- there was a, yeah. an article, I think during Harry Potter five, when it was filming, <laughs> uh, where mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe was being interviewed and they were asking about whomever directed Harry Potter five.
2: David Yates. It's the first of the many David Yates, Harry Potter vehicles.
0: Yeah. That Thank you, Andrew. I'm sure is correct. I trust you. Uh, and, Daniel Radcliffe was like yeah it was really fun to work with him blah 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 and then the director goes you know sometimes Daniel would not really be giving the performance I would need and then I would say uh hey can you do it just better and then he would then five years later there's interviews with daniel radcliffe where he's like i was struggling with alcoholism so intensely on the sets of those movies which like as an alcoholic just resonates with me so much sometimes you would just be in a haze and someone would be like can you do the thing you're supposed to do and you'd be like oh of course mega competently i just wasn't focusing on it at all
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, I mean, that's half of acting in my book is like actually trying. Yeah. Like, as long, like, having someone tell you, like, and part of it is like, do you not understand what you're trying to say? Do you not understand the emotional thing behind it that you're trying to do? And what, but once you have all that figured out, you're either like engaged and you're doing it or you're not engaged and it falls flat and people don't buy it. And like, you just kind of have to be like tuned in and like ready to go. Um, in my experience so like poor Carmen who's very distracted like I understand that like her mom's in labor her boyfriend is maybe not her boyfriend she thought he liked her he didn't she's upset she can't focus on the thing she has to do I see where she's coming from um I agree that like everybody is like oh your boyfriend broke up with you and now you can't act together and it's like yeah that's not really how it is maybe your kissing is better because you like each other but like you know (laughs)
2: You know what was very accurate, though? Very accurate in the Carmen plot, though, is annoying theater people ordering meals in character.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I that can guy is to that. the I've worst. I've been to
2: many a Panera Bread brunch <laughs> where we're talking like we're in The Tempest. <laughs>
1: Wow. I also think very realistic is that beleaguered stage manager who's like running around being like, you're on in 30 seconds. Yes, and yes. she's like out she, front being like, literally, this sucks.
2: It's literally Allison <laughs> Brie from that episode of Community where they're making the, the commercial.
0: Carmen watching an emotional video about a birth in her family. <laughs> and then the stage manager runs in, you have a cue. What are you doing? That, that did make me laugh.
1: I also think it's funny, like, from what I remember of Winter's Tale, like, the moment that Carmen would be entering the stage is basically the beginning of Act Two. Like, it's when you would put the intermission in a modern production. So, like, you can hold for 30 seconds for her. Is it?
2: <laughs> There's five acts in well, Shakespeare. Plays. I, well,
1: by act two, I mean like the general structure of like a performance, not actual Shakespeare's act two.
0: See, I, I think it's
1: between three and four.
0: Hannah, honestly. I was even worse. I thought that you meant the second time someone acts in the play,
1: <laughs> which would be such an
0: early intermission. It'd be it'd be offensive.
1: Well, Winner's Tale, as we all know takes place over two separate time periods. There's one, and then they go 20 years into the future, and there's the second half of the play. And that's when most people put the intermission.
2: Andrew, in this experience. production you were talking about would be screwed. They'd have to do part of it in the 70s and part of it in the 90s. <laughs> wow.
1: That, I, I would love that. I mean, that seems hilarious. would be great. It's also like, you know, court life, pastoral. It's like a play of, of um, dichotomies.
0: Winner's Tale. I can't believe they're unleading gasoline. That's the thrust (laughs) of the drama in the second act. Okay, Lena. We don't like her. We already talked about her. She maybe has the best constructed plot we've yet discussed in the sense that her plot at least is Kostas and I had some crazy shit happen. I feel like I feel one way. Maybe I feel another. It's this very internal struggle. Do I want to take him back after the stuff we've been through? Interesting fodder for movies in general. Love isn't all, you know, roses and upward trajectory. Like, what do you put up with and what what do you try to come back from? Everything else we've discussed so far can just be solved with communication. The The Tibby plot is very much just her withdrawing. She should be talking to Brian about what's going on. And then the Carmen plot, it's the weakest construction for conflict maybe in these movies yet, which is the uh, friend of hers is actively sabotaging her instead of being like, this really hurts my feelings. And I know that's not okay, which is a thing I feel like I say to friends all the time. I know that I'm coming from a reasonable place, but, but I'm feeling this way. And also, the weakest sauce yet is the stuff with the boy where the boy goes to dinner with what's-her-name, the blonde friend, and then Carmen just assumes they're dating now, and then the payoff to that is the boy going, she begged me to go to dinner.
1: I mean, so many of these across both movies are girls who don't have the self-esteem to go, like, whatever, it's okay if that guy goes out to dinner with another girl. Like, they could just be friends. They clearly have a history together. It's okay. Um, I'm not going to take that personally. Instead, every single girl is like, oh no, the boy I love is leaving me and that's the only thing that's making my life worthwhile, which is offensive.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to see Leah's (laughs) argument here.
1: I mean, even Bridget's plot, which is about her and her mother and her grandmother still hinges on, oh, I thought my dad abandoned my mom in her moment of need actually he loved her more than anything. And I have to forgive him and build our relationship stronger. Like even her plot in the end hinges on her relationship with a man.
2: It also is a plot that is most of her plot is unnecessary. You don't need any of the archeological stuff. Really? Wait, now she's compelled into, we can't just rush through this. (laughs) This is too much. Why the movie does the Bridget (laughs) plot. I, I don't,
0: I'm not clear on it at all. So, Bridge is spending the summer on an archaeological dig. The, the, the lack in of symmetry. In the country
2: s- formerly known as Turkey.
0: The lack of symmetry in this plot.
2: Is it no longer Turkey? They, they're spelling it differently and they pronounce it differently. Oh. Because they didn't want to be confused with the bird. This is a real thing.
1: Wow. Oh, gee. Change the oh, bird. Officially, name. the Republic of Turkey. I, that's not how you say it for sure, but I see what you mean. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um. That's unfair. That's something the rest of us did to them. They shouldn't have to bend under our birds.
2: Hmm.
1: I wonder how that
0: issue is manifesting.
1: Anyway, <laughs> uh
0: the the Bridget thing. She's on an archaeological dig. The lack of symmetry in this plot made my brain explode. Uh it, it
2: she, she okay. The okay, inciting incident is that she is at home with her father. Yes. And their relationship continues to be sort of strained because her mother killed herself prior to the events of the first film. Was
0: that canon in the first film that it was suicide? Yes.
2: Okay. Yes.
1: I didn't remember that. Because she be thinks honest.
2: she's going to be like her mom and have mental illness and depression. Oh yeah. Uh, and so in this one she's packing to go to Turkey. Yes. And finds a bunch of notes from her grandmother who they were estranged from. I believe it's her maternal grandmother. Hmm. Um, who I at first thought was dead. was like, you hide all these notes from Grandma, and now she's dead, and I can't talk to her or something. I thought that would just be the drama. But so she goes to Turkey on this archaeological dig and, like, is interested to learn about, like, the bones of a lady. Aren't we all? And then she has sort of a mentor woman figure there, and she sees that mentor woman with her family and is like, I need to go see my family.
1: Coupled with, she discovers that the corpse woman... Was this sa- was like thirty five when she died, and Bridget was like, "My mom was thirty five when she died," and it just like sends her spiraling.
2: Right, it's her mom. <laughs> I'm like, it's not. Which is, oh, I feel like okay. they're much Sorry. older uh, in that I'm like, scene. it's not. I feel like when they cut to them at the funeral in the first movie, they're like seventeen. I feel like the mom is like just died, so very young mother. Um, but she goes to Alabama and meets her very young grandmother, Blythe Danner. <laughs> and learns more about her mother
0: what does she learn that i'm actually unclear on this uh she
2: learns that the reason why she's estranged from her grandmother is because the mother with her mental illness wanted everyone to pretend everything was all right Mm -hmm. and the grandmother was just sort of like i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna try to actually help you and the father did try to appease her more
1: i guess i think so
2: but that like her father did love her mother and they all yeah, loved each sort of other. Everyone loved each other. twofold
1: where like the reason the grandmother is not in their lives is because she, I think tried to get the mother institutionalized, but also Bridget learns that her father also tried to get her mother institutionalized to take care of her. And both of those were good things that her mother interpreted as bad things, but right. they only cut the grandmother out of the life, not her father which is its own thing. Maybe these things happen separate at separate times. I'm not totally clear on it.
0: The thing that just really short-circuited my brain was that I was like, okay, they've given me the setting for the Bridget plot. She's on an archaeological dig. She finds stuff about her mother, or she finds stuff that makes her think of her mother. It's like, oh, these bones are evocative of my mom. My mom had bones. And then... <laughs> And then the 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 woman leading the archaeological dig is like you know there's there's other work to be done here. She has that little monologue where she's like, you know the 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 you are gonna feel attachment to the people you find, but I mean a beautiful moment. She gets she's like, but it's not just about the people. Like the the bones are the literal people, but it's not just about the tactile physical people. We're also finding the culture, the everything they built, right? And she says that to Bridget, and I thought, got it. The rest of this movie is Bridget somehow finding meaning in figuring out not just who these lost people are, but also the good they did, and that will help her realize things about her mother, who, even though she had a very sad ending to her life, did XYZ thing good, nope bridget leaves the woman leaving the dig is basically saying you have to make a choice you can stay or you can go and bridget goes <laughs> and the movie totally yeah, changes I
1: mean, this is also like a school trip like it is she she just dips out in the middle of like credits like she's not getting credit for that
0: yeah yeah definitely she's gonna have to
2: well, go to summer school or something next summer she's fine
1: she also is a bad archaeologist. Like she's really reckless. She's smashing through the ceilings of rooms. Like she is. She falls into not careful seemingly enough. Seemingly
0: like a tomb at one point.
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean I think that the meat of the Bridget plot is what the archaeologist lady says to her. It's like it's not just the person. It's what they left behind. Right. It's not just about like. The physical presence of someone, right? Mm-hmm. And then she learns, like, cool, it's not, my mom did leave me because she killed herself, but it doesn't mean she didn't love me. It doesn't mean that we didn't have a good life together. It doesn't mean that I, you know, don't have good memories of her right kinda
0: yeah no definitely it it's just so not the route I expected it to take and I also <laughs> felt like it was breaking a rule of the sisterhood of the traveling pants series there's two of them so um that
1: she's in two de- locations yeah I
0: thought it like it yeah. seems to be like mission statement you send one of these you send one of these sisters to a location with a problem she learns a lesson there she comes back
1: I don't know She just gets two of those. She gets to go to Turkey and Alabama, and then she returns home, and she's like, I'm healed. (laughs) What have you guys been up to?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, how do you feel about this as part of the anti-feminist thing? Uh, Or maybe not even feminism specifically. Just sort of fucked up that three of the sisters go, we're going to change Lena's mind about who she loves.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think it's kind of sicko stuff. I mean, I don't think there's enough in Lena's performance through the rest of the movie that says, I still love Kostas, and I really, really miss him, and I wish that I could be with him again. Like, it really feels like she's really heartbroken that he is with another woman, and then she moves on. And the new guy is a new. Yeah, he's great. He's, like, healthy. He's, like, supportive of her. He's introducing her to new interesting things. Like, he seems like a good... Cool, you had your first love. It didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for something a little bit more mature. And then her friends are like, no, look at Costas, though. He loves you. Go be with him. Your first love is your only love. Didn't you know? Which I don't believe it. When people like. say that,
0: that's the scariest stuff ever. When people are like, there's yeah. no one like your first love. It's like, my first love is, is terrible. You should meet them sometime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason it didn't work out right but it also Um, it
0: it also is a scary thought when people say that because it's it's like do you live in a world where you're 14 mentally
1: yeah and like (laughs) like cool wait if your first love is your best love um i guess i'll never find satisfying love again thank you i guess it's over it's too late which blows yeah i don't like that this movie ends with her friends like pushing her back to costas instead of like a she comes to that conclusion on her own or he does something that really convinces her that he is the right guy right yeah i don't like it
0: i mean obviously they're meant to be together because the pants fled in order to get her there i mean i think that is actually <laughs> know, what the sisters I believe i think that they I believe guess. that the pants are uh, are like sentient magical pants
1: it is crazy when tibby's basically like give me a miscarriage give me a miscarriage to the pants
2: yes doing push-ups and like yoga (laughs) as with the first movie i feel like i never quite have a angle on where the pants are people don't wear them enough
1: Mm -hmm, i agree
2: they should have to wear them the entire time they have them like america ferrera should be wearing them in under her costume yeah i don't even think she doesn't even wear them in her audition does she
1: no like i don't think she wears them once in the whole movie (laughs) no she wears them at college never mind
2: the
0: only memorable scene in the entire movie involving the pants is when lena receives them and
2: they have dirt Mm -hmm. right because they were on the archaeological dig
1: yeah i also like when tibby gets it and the note from carmen says nothing happened (laughs) nothing
0: happened. oh that is really funny that's funny yeah and also carmen's lying yes she's closing herself off from the sisterhood which is no bueno not good
1: not good i mean she feels hurt by them because they all made summer plans without telling her which is kind of fair
2: yeah she honestly had like the best summer in terms of like a professional development sense of any of them we don't know if tibby finished her class
1: i mean she had her own romantic comedy you know (laughs) right but at least in the first movie she
2: makes her documentary True. <laughs> it's also weird because I feel like she was very much a documentarian in the first one, and the first thing we see her doing this new movie, second movie is like making like a narrative feature where someone's having their purse stolen or something.
0: Oh my god, let her jump genres. <laughs> <laughs> who is she? is she? Trying to pigeonhole Tibby. What, what uh, is it something we didn't cover.
2: She's in the- also
1: a girl who wears wigs. She's changing. She's exploring. She works at Two Boots. There was honestly, there was a moment where she at some point, like after having sex with Brian says something like, I don't know, I just feel like I don't connect with guys. And I was like, is this a lesbian plot? Is this going to be a lesbian awakening plot? And then it wasn't. Why all the scenes of her working at the video store? Why
0: that? Why was Tibby always at the video store? Like, what did that do? As I said in the intro, a cheetah girl shows up at one point and asks for a movie. But why have all that?
2: Um, I don't know. I also, I know (laughs) it's the village, but are we really buying VHS tapes in 2008?
1: It's a rental shop.
2: But are we getting tapes in 2008? No. I know times were tough, but DVD players were very hot. Blu-rays were out.
1: Great point. Yeah, I don't know if they just <laughs> wanted to give her, like, an, an indie movie thing to do, and working in a video shop is one of those things.
2: Do you think this Two Boots had any, like, stuff on the walls that was, like, filmed here, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2?
1: Uh, I don't know. There I wish I could remember. Did you notice the
2: Ant Bully poster on the wall behind her? No. Clearly, like, they had not redressed this place at all, because you would not have <laughs> a poster for the Ant Bully as your movie store
1: i bet two boots just said like no we're genuinely a video store like you don't need to change anything we're selling pizza out of the back calm down
2: so it's a real place huh yeah not anymore i don't think didn't that one close
0: let's talk about the pregnancy it feels like one of the only things we haven't touched
1: oh the bird i got the bird all the time grandma which is like
2: yes i know basically a buffalo um the pregnancy of the mother
1: well you tell me
2: well, that's the only pregnancy in the movie.
0: Sure. Who's pregnant?
2: Carmen's, Carmen's mom. mom. Carmen's mom. Right. Which, that's a long gap. Carmen's like 20.
1: Yep. I feel like there should be more conversation about how Carmen's mom has basically had like a miracle late-term pre- pregnancy. And like. is going <laughs> through it without that's a, drugs. That's... Yeah, what a, what do doctors call that? Like a geriatric pregnancy? Well, you know, geriatric
0: after thirty five. Yeah, I was gonna say, Hannah, it's yeah. geriatric, like pretty soon for all of us, which is crazy. I
1: know. Well, not oh, for I us. Oh, I know. Have to
2: <laughs> be carrying the babies.
1: I'm aware. Thank you.
0: Um, but the 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 weird <laughs> twist in that 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 basically goes nowhere is that. Carmen's mother is pregnant and goes into labor and Carmen's like about to take the stage for a dress rehearsal and she sends Tibby.
2: Not any of the moms, not any friends.
0: The moms all died. It's the only explanation. The former (laughs) sisterhood is kaput.
1: It's, it's bizarre. And then, like, there's a point where Tibby is like, I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. I promise we're going to get through this. And I'm like, you are a 19-year-old girl. What the fuck do you know? Leave me alone. Bring me an adult. Right. Hey,
2: she has a thought that she could be pregnant because she sees babies (sighs) everywhere.
1: (laughs) Oh, so she gets what it's like to, to go through this. Yeah. I just, like, if one of my daughter's friends showed up and was like, cool, your daughter can't be here and your husband can't be here, but me, a girl you, like, watched grow up, I, I can do it. I'd be like, get no, what? No. I'd rather <laughs> have a have nurse, a stranger nurse. Scene, though,
2: and she's like, she's elected to go through it naturally, and she's like,
1: why? That's true. That's great delivery from Amber
0: tamplin Have you ever had that experience? Speaking of comforting people when you're out of your depth, have you ever had that experience <laughs> where somebody's going through something and you're like, it's gonna be okay, like it's gonna be whatever. And they and they like turn on you and they're like, how do you know it is going to be
1: okay? <laughs> yep. They're like, well, that's just what you say. Yeah, buddy. exactly.
0: I'm, I'm I, way I, I too, have... I've got way too much of a hair trigger. I'm way too quick to be like, <laughs> all right, well, maybe it won't. Uh, I guess I'll fucking get <laughs> out of here.
2: <laughs> I I may have asked this question last time, but do we think Ryan Reynolds or David Cross or Vincent Kartheiser have seen either of these movies?
1: Yes. Ryan Reynolds has definitely seen either of these movies. Do you
2: think David Cross has seen either of these movies?
1: No. I bet Amber was like, don't bother. But I think Blake Lively was like, please bother.
2: I mean, they did meet doing the Green Lantern, so anything's better.
1: And I think Vincent Kartheiser probably was like, hey, do you want to watch this movie you're in? And Alexis was like, huh? No. (laughs) What? I bet he offered and then she was like, no, that's okay. Let's not do that. He seems nice.
0: Anything in this thing we haven't hit, guys? How does how do you uh, feel like it it ties up as like a story of the four of them being friends? Badly. Badly. Yeah, it really it really feels crazy disconnected this time around, especially since mm-hmm. all the times that they pop into each other's stories, it's usually about how they are disconnected, such as the
2: Carmen Tibby stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that they're all like, let's all go to Greece. Um,
2: and there's that great shot of them all at the end on the rock. Come on.
1: I mean, all of them like jumping into the water into their next big adventure together or whatever is like quite nice. It's just not earned by the movie at all. And
0: of course, they they uh, observe in that final scene that the, s- the sky as the sunset looks like pants.
1: But it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's not denim colored at all. They could
0: have color corrected that to look like denim and they don't.
1: They just don't. They just don't. It is laziness to the extreme. I do think...
2: Sorry, go ahead, Marco. I was just going to say on your point, like tying this movie up with friendship, what the first film does successfully, in addition to just being a better movie, is... Every time they send the pants, they write a letter that we hear. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that actually makes it feel like it's more about friendship, even though arguably they spend less time together in the first movie.
1: This movie, they feel completely disinterested in each other. They couldn't be bothered to do this friendship activity. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is an interesting idea to do a movie where it's like, it feels like we're going through the motions of this traveling pants thing. Uh, you know, are we growing apart? Whatever. But th- that's not what they're doing. They, it just feels completely disconnected. And at the end of the movie, they go, we were all friends the whole time.
2: It sets us up really nicely for that third movie that they're definitely making where the pants like, I don't know, come up on shore somewhere <laughs> in America and they bring our characters together.
0: I do think it's wild, absolutely wild, that it's not a known fact, or at least wasn't known to me, that the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants series as it currently exists ends with the pants at large.
1: <laughs> they lost the pants. They don't need the pants anymore. They've learned that they have to do the work with each other. This
0: is like the trail of the Pink Panther of pants. Like the fact that the, the Clouseau series, I know that he, I know that Sellers died. But the fact that they go out of their way in the Pink Panther series to be like, he's out there, and we're gonna find him. As opposed to being like, he died. It's that, the Fast that, and the Furious. Yeah, well the Fast and Furious is a whole different thing. Fast and the Furious is like, I'm on the phone with him right now, he's doing great. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, they lost the pants, and then they don't find the pants. I was like, surely this is a corny and enough film. they don't replace the pants.
2: Or you think you would see, like, in a post credit shot, like, some denim. Like, they're over there, like, having a great time at a cafe. And then in the distance, floating in the water, you see the pants.
1: It feels like some Greek girl should pull out the pants and be like, Oh, we'll do a traveling pants. I
2: mean, this was the same year as Mamma Mia.
1: Maybe the <laughs> pants went over there.
0: Hannah, I love the idea that the replacing the pants will lead to a deranged scene in which all four of them are in a store, like in Sisterhood 1, and they're grabbing pairs of pants and going, Do they magically fit us all? They don't toss them. What about these? We need magic ones. And somebody from the store comes over and goes, What are you looking for? And they go, A pair of pants that fits us all.
1: But I mean I've talked about this before, but what's so infuriating about this movie is that the pants fit the girls in all the exact same ways, so it is kind of magical it's that they're magic. all of them. Like they're all like tight, slightly flared jeans on all of these girls when they should fit them differently. Like they should be like baggy capris on Blake Lively <laughs> and they just aren't. None of us have actually Makes read me mad. these books, right? I read the first two, but when I was a teenager, so I don't remember. Are you able to
0: definitively say that the books are not about magical pants?
1: Well, I remember very, very clearly is why I bring this up, too, is that in the book, they make it very clear that the pants fit them all differently, but are flattering on all of them. Mm. That like They're tight on one girl, they're baggy on another girl, they hug the hips in a certain way on one girl in a way that's good, but they're different. It's a a normal pair of pants that happens to be flattering on these four disparate girls Mm -hmm. instead of magic pants where they're all, like, sexy, tight butt pants.
2: It's my favorite cut at the
1: gap, the sexy, tight butt pants. (laughs) You have to ask to be shown behind a curtain. Hannah Blackman. Yeah, I have issues with these pants (laughs) and these girls. And I honestly, like, Traveling Pants 3 has to begin with, like, oh, man, have we not talked to each other in five years? Right. Like these girls are going to drift apart.
0: Definitely, they c- it cannot it cannot start with and we're tight as ever. <laughs> it can't. It can't. Hannah Blackman. You're. You. Are a pair of pants hung up on a clothesline in Greece that blew away with the wind. You. Find yourself... Also,
1: do you know how heavy, wet denim is? Oh, those yeah. Pants
0: didn't just blow away. It was away. a gust. It was a real gust. <laughs> you find yourself floating in the middle of the ocean with so much time to kill. And uh, portable DVD player? It's 2008. Like one of those ones people would take on planes that look like mini laptops. Floats mm-hmm. by. Mm-hmm.
1: I had one.
0: Somehow functional. Would you watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2? Given that you have the opportunity and you certainly
2: have the time,
1: I'd rather stare at the sky. I'd rather watch the events of *Mamma Mia* float past me. <laughs> you know,
2: I, I mean, I, that doesn't have to be. I a would qualifier. rather watch would *Dumb and Dumber* that. too. You
1: is that know, a like movie. No, I don't think so. It's just a
0: a two movie.
1: <laughs> anyway, the answer is no. I think *Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2 is worse than *Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants One*, and I don't like it. And I did not enjoy it. And I did eventually get on my phone and play games. Classic.
0: Andrew Marco, you're having a pregnancy scare. You think you might have a baby inside you. This causes you to alienate every person who cares about you. How dare they Mm -hmm. talk to you when you might be pregnant? (laughs) With all of your new free time, would you watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2?
2: No. I liked the first one. It was surprisingly well done. Had some emotional moments that really hit me. This movie had none of those things. Um, I will say it didn't feel like people were sleepwalking through it. I feel like the people in it were trying. I just thought it was a much less effective movie this time around. And I don't even know if I'd watch it in the background on like TNT Like, it was very, very dull, and I did not have a fun time. And I was glad when it was over. Mm. Wow.
1: Mm -hmm. Andrew. Yes? Overby, you are taking a life drawing class over the summer uh, at your art school. And one of the life drawings you are asked to draw is the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. Would you be willing to look at it long enough to draw it?
0: No, I, I think these movies pose or 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 task themselves with kind of an impossible feat. And that feat is that they're like, we're going to tell a story about characters who are inherently linked, but the structure of every movie is going to be that they are separate. And not only are they separate, they're dealing with different things. I understand these are based on books. Uh, books allow you a lot of interiority that you don't get from movies. So I'm sure that if I was reading one of these books these characters would be on their own going, I, Carmen, am experiencing something that's specific to me, but I think back on times I've shared with my sisters and there's probably memories and anecdotes and a bond. But Sisterhood 1, it worked a little. I mean, I didn't like it that much and... It it kind of pulled off all these people are separate, but they're stronger together and they have each other as a support system. Watching the second one, I'm like, I don't even really feel like I know these people as a group. And to have them apart again, to have them going through completely separate things again, and to sort of be doing plots where they're not doing a good job of supporting one another. No, 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 no. This feels like it has to be a TV series, not a film series. I need to have episodes where they're doing well. I need to have episodes where they're doing badly. I need to have episodes where they're together, episodes where they're apart. I need to see these people in seasons of their friendship as opposed to rehashing different forms of isolation from each other. It's not working for me. I don't think it's really a workable uh, structure for a movie series.
1: That's a great point. I'm really surprised that they haven't done a, like, Netflix version TV show miniseries thing. Feels, feels now that you mention it, feels so obvious. And even if
0: not of this property, I mean, I think you can do this structure as a TV show. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Show the friends together, have them go apart. Yeah. Then the two things Gotta get that traveling pants
1: cachet, though, you know? Definitely. You gotta carry on that IP.
2: Yeah. Right. I feel like it probably hasn't been done to the extent because it does need a bit of a budget because you need to send your four characters to four different places Fair and they point. should at least be exotic enough that you can't shoot them all in Atlanta. So it's probably, I mean, one, I think the, I think the IP is still out there. That they want to do a third one because no, it's not like any of these actors are really that busy with a huge movie star, or Marvel career or something. Um,
1: Why doesn't Blake Lively have a Marvel movie? Does she just not want that?
2: I mean her husband's already got one, maybe she doesn't want one.
1: I mean God bless her, but it feels like she's such a like beautiful, like charming woman that I feel like they would have tried to snatch her up by now.
0: I'll watch the third one, if it happens.
2: We'll all go see it at the alma together and we'll hold hands.
1: Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're I, all required to now by podcast law. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, Andrew will be wearing
2: jeans. That will be the first time you wear jeans. It'll be a big oh, day. I'll wear jeans Powerful. for the first time. Yeah, Your parents be... never bought you a pair of jeans when no, you No, no. Well, I
1: had a whole so thing So what wore... do you wear, like khakis all the time? He
2: did wear a lot of khakis, bouncing his tennis ball, walking around. Hannah, when I was a child,
0: and I mean, it's not fully gone as an adult, but when I was a child, I had something bordering on like a phobia of zippers. oh and so i like prolonged not having zippered clothing for like as long as was possible and it got increasingly harder because it's just assumed that at some point you're like 10 years old you're gonna start wearing pants that have a zipper but i was trying to put it off put it off and this is before the age of like the button-up fly which is sort of a thing that's around now uh i think it was around then it went away yeah but Mm -hmm. not not in a way where i could get it at like bobs sure uh, what so, Bob's is. So that definitely Bob's contributed is? to uh that definitely contributed to me not wearing jeans because I wasn't I was even like trying to avoid khakis. I was I was like a weird child who just Uber walking around in pants, sweatpants. Yep.
2: Gross. I was a gross kid. Did you like see there there's something about Mary as a child and it scarred you?
0: Uh no, <laughs> I, I've still not seen that film, but I, I do know what you're referencing. So uh <laughs> Yeah, anyway, we'll go to the... Well,
1: I'm glad you've graduated to structured pants. That's really important to I still
0: friendship. don't love zippers, and I would never, ever, ever wear a, a piece of clothing that had, like, a decorative zipper. I mean, just... I I understand why other people do it, no judgment, but it would be a complete betrayal of who I am as a person. To our listeners, please rate us, please review us, please subscribe to us we are just a few weeks away from season three of authorized and probably if i have the release schedule correctly you're getting a pretty great episode on et next week which how's that possible didn't we already do one well you'll find out but yeah tell people about the show thanks for listening we love you all 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 38 of you per anchors uh prediction as to what our audience is and as usual, I'm going to close out the episode by reading an excerpt from a famous piece of literature. Please do tweet at me, as you always do. The tweets are pouring in with people guessing what these are from. <clears throat> Here we go. Hey, you just stepped off that raft after 1,000 years of solitude. Would you like to watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2? Thank you, but no. Good night. I've got a thing for everyone. Here we go.
2: Oh, is this the end of the episode first?
0: (laughs) It could possibly be. What would you all say is the central tenement of these, or tenant of these various plots? What, What does something need to be in order to be a sisterhood of the traveling plants, plants, pants, vignette? Sadness. Sadness is part of it.
1: Uh, boy trouble.
0: Boy trouble's part of it.
1: Discovery
2: of something in your family's past.
0: Okay, great. I think we're doing great. And then where do we where do we end up?
1: Um, you need your girlfriends to help you through it.
0: Amazing. I think this is great as a structure for us in this creative exercise. Okay, Hannah, um, since our sisterhood episode last time was a little bit about friendship and one friendship is, let's get to know you a little bit better. So... Which family member of yours shows affection most bombastically?
1: Um, my cousin Lisa, probably?
0: Great, Hannah, um, what's a hot piece of gossip you once heard not about you or anyone dear to you?
1: Oh, there's a there's a May-December romance in my office place that people are <sighs> gossiping about. I don't have a deep investment in e- of either of the people involved, but it is a little like at work.
2: We're talking about age, not when they were hired, right?
1: Correct. It's like a 35-year-old and a 60-year-old. It's not really May, December, but it's...
0: It's so scandalous. He was hired in May. She was hired in December. He was one of the trainers by the time she was hired. So fucked up. They're the same age. Pretty fucked
1: up. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) All right, Hannah, what was the 16th incorporated state in the United States?
1: Uh, Wrong
0: answers are acceptable. Kentucky? Kentucky, great.
1: I think that's pretty close. I feel like that's
0: like the thirteenth or sixteenth. I know May twentieth. What is an unspeakable act from world history?
1: <laughs> uh unspeakable. I mean there's the obvious ones. Do you want one of those? Sure. The Holocaust.
0: Uh do 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 do. <laughs> This sure, feels so okay. bad. Okay, that works. I the Holocaust works. I don't want to know what this is
1: feeding into at all.
0: Hannah, when was a time, big or small, when you were totally abjectly morally wrong? And it can be small.
1: Oh, I lost a friend once. Drake, who had I told Whatever. He asked for like genuine, earnest roasting. And Mm -hmm. I said, There's nothing I would change about you except someday you should get your teeth fixed. And he's never spoken to me again. And he's right. Wow. (laughs) I should not have said that.
0: That one time in my office, similar thing, uh, an an old office of mine, someone made the mistake. I I think I might have told you this story, Hannah. Someone made the mistake of being like, Guess how old I am? And she looked young. But because mm-hmm. I thought that she was intentionally misdirecting and being like, isn't it amazing how young I look? I guessed older than she looked, and it ruined our relationship for forever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I. Was this sorry sorry May, I did December it?
2: relationship you were talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I wish I could take it back. I learned a lesson and lost a casual friend.
0: Okay, uh, Andrew Marco, here is your vignette in the sister slash brotherhood of the traveling hat, I think we decided on in the last episode. Uh, your Oops, cousin whatever. Lisa. Should we start uh,
1: mailing a baseball cap around with little I mean, on it? I mean, we should actually got
0: yard goats on it.
1: That sounds fun.
0: Yard goats is good because it's it's dear to me as well. I okay. don't know what
1: that means, but I like it's it.
0: It's our AAA, or AA baseball oh, team. Oh,
1: perfect. Let's do it, guys.
0: Marco, here is your vignette for the third sisterhood movie that stars us because none, none of the four wanted to come back. <laughs> your cousin Lisa has stopped responding to your letters. You fear it is because, at Christmas, you told them about a May-December romance you were engaged with. This summer, you will travel to Kentucky to salvage the relationship. Trouble is, once there, you discover Lisa is racist. You find that a memory of over-roasting a friend about his teeth haunts you. But how can this memory
2: serve your plight? Where was the Holocaust in there?
0: Uh, yeah, I just turned that into being racist. The Holocaust was too much for <laughs> for that for that Mad Lib to handle.
1: Okay, I, I had I but known that the context was slightly lower stakes.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah, it would have thrown off the Sisterhood plot to be like, uh... To be like, you know, and, and then she committed the Holocaust.
2: Uh, okay. Oh, Hannah, by the way, uh, Tennessee was the 16th state. Kentucky oh. was
1: the 15th. Oh, I sh- knew I should have said Tennessee.
2: Andrew Marco,
0: that's me. what job would you never, ever do? Midwife.
2: Midwife.
1: Oh, sexist. I
2: just don't want to help people give birth. <laughs> it freaks me out. Yeah, it'd be midwife or Dr. Pimple Popper, really. Yeah see
1: Well that's just icky I don't
0: do well with medical (laughs) Fair. Marco what is the most thrilling event Or competition you've ever attended
2: I guess I I went to the Tony award dress rehearsal one year That was cool Mm. Amazing
0: Marco name a place abroad That a family member went to Before you were born
2: Talk about a family that didn't fly much Uh, I guess I would have to go with the only place that would work Korea Korea great my grandfather served in the korean war
0: oh great fun fun little trip uh (laughs) andrew marco who most heavily influenced your personality prior to age eight well i didn't know you yet
2: andrew so uh (laughs) i'm gonna say gabe sister
0: what is a personality trait you cannot stand in others
2: I don't know if it's oversharing or overexplaining But just someone who says like Has to tell you everything they have to do Before they do it
0: Okay, Hannah Blackman Your sisterhood slash brotherhood Of the Traveling Pants 3 vignette Hannah, you have been invited by your midwife To participate in a musical theater award show In Korea for the summer More so than Sky Captain, by the way These are kind of sounding like uh, Like sisterhood plots While there, complications arise with your friend Gabe. You find it difficult to deal with his debilitating constant life narration. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Okay, one more of these. I'll put that in the chat as well. Yep, I'll put that in the chat as well because we will need to reference it moving forward.
1: So it's not just that you're coming up with scenarios for us. There's an additional level to this game?
0: Of course. It's oh Leo. Alright, so Marco, what was your grandfather's last job? I'm assuming this would be a deceased grandfather. I mean, choose whichever's more interesting. My grandfathers were a welder and a math teacher. Wonderful. I think we all know which one's more interesting. Hannah, what medical condition frightened you until you experienced it firsthand?
1: I, I don't have an answer for that.
0: Even from childhood?
1: I mean, one time I broke my arm, but I wasn't scared of breaking my arm until I experienced it. Then I was scared of it. Everything else I've had happen, I'm still scared of. Experiencing it has not made it easier. Let's what take kind of thing are you thinking about? Can no, you give broken me some arm is good. All
0: right. Okay. Uh, Marco, which now family members... I'm more cowardly, though. What's that?
1: Now I'm more cowardly Well, please a broken...
0: Please remember that you're constructing me.
1: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Marco, which family member's first initial appears last in the alphabet? Give me whoever. Uh, I'm going to say grandfather, I think. He's a W. Hannah Blackman. Yeah. What's a secret it would be thrilling to call someone out on? Doesn't have to be a real secret.
1: Ooh, Um. I think cheating.
0: Cheating. Cheating is... I watched
1: weird. so much match game today. This is really fun for me.
0: And a question for both of you that is weirdly... <laughs> topical given what we've already talked about which of the two of you has broken more bones
2: Uh, i've broken an arm and an ankle
1: i've broken an arm and a toe so i think it's marco
0: wonderful my vignette from the sisterhood sequel overby you are forced to get a job welding in your hometown for the summer While there, you discover you have a broken arm, you discover it, and decide (laughs) you must reconcile with your grandfather in order to face it. Trouble is, an ex-girlfriend has just revealed she cheated on you, and the two at once seem too much to deal with. The only person who can help you is Andrew Marco. So, here's my question. With your two bios (laughs) in the chat, and my bio just having been read, How do these coalesce into a sisterhood movie?
2: Better than the one we watched.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think it has to be that we all travel to Overby, who's going through a health crisis.
2: I don't know. I met a racist person. That's really hard to deal with.
1: Your cousin.
2: My cousin, Lisa. Right.
1: Marco, you want to reconnect with this cousin,
2: but she's
0: racist now. And is it 2022 when this happens, or is it two thousand eight?
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's
0: it's i think it's 2022 okay then well, that's- i
1: think the lesson marco learns is it's okay to cut off racists i out agree of life
0: i totally agree so that's the thing we have to come up with individual resolutions to plots and also how do these come together so basically four tasks we've just accomplished one marco's mm-hmm. is like he goes with a specific goal he realizes he doesn't need to achieve that goal because it's not worth getting this person back
1: Right. Yeah, I think he brings that goal back to you because you're dealing with this ex-girlfriend and you just gotta let her go. It doesn't matter what she did, you're broken up.
0: Even if she's Greek. Yeah. And Marco gives me a pep talk where he's like, just imagine she's racist.
2: <laughs> he's playing my racist cousin in this movie. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know, we can reuse Lucy Hale. She'd do great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Blake Danner's not available.
1: <laughs> no I think Blythe Danner is in my plot as like a theater awards show well, in <laughs> presenter Hannah's in plot, Korea
2: <laughs> we, we're bearing the lead Hannah you have a midwife
1: have you had this child already I don't know maybe she's just my friend
0: but she's your midwife that's true. It is your midwife.
1: This is we've essentially built though like Carmen's plot from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2 where she has a friend who invites her to a theater thing and then they have a hard time together plus there's a boy mm-hmm. who's like a lot.
0: My intention with this one was only to create a plot that is truly much lower stakes than the others, <laughs> which I think is also a key part of these films.
1: Yeah. That's true. I mean, this is like me coming back from Korea being like, I had a great time. My friend was annoying, but who cares? Oh, my God, you guys are sick? Well, I didn't get the well, email.
0: Maybe that's it. Maybe you essentially get the Lena plot from one where you, like, don't have problems. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but does someone not have problems in this one? I guess it would be Carmen has the uh, least problems. Carmen's
1: problems are pretty... Low stakes. I even think that Bridget's problems are actually low stakes. Yes. Well, hers
2: is more of an extension of the first movie. She's still reckoning with her mother.
1: And she will be for the rest of her life. Yes.
2: Though that scene with her and her real dad, good scene.
1: Good scene.
0: I have a question for Marco before I let this game go. Yes, Overby? (laughs) How does a memory about over-roasting a friend about his teeth serve your plight as described in this mad lib
2: i don't know maybe there's some sort of hubris moment where like my teeth get messed up <laughs> I- <laughs> that seems really out of step with these films <laughs> i mean Tibby loses a friend to cancer and thinks she's pregnant for most of this movie i think me having like Heart my front tibby. tooth gets knocked out or something cool i love it yeah all right let's do this intro